Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 11.47 on a Saturday night, ungodly time in Australia. I am your host, actually co-host and partner of Katie Walsh on Miami Nice. Welcome back. Oh, we're so excited uh, to be talking to this guest today. Uh, she's a friend, a long friend of One Heat Minute Productions. She shares my surname. No, we're not related. No, I don't have a sausage dog, Rob Belushi. <laughs> she's an incredibly <laughs> talented film critic, freelance film writer, culture writer around the traps in LA. Always has spicy takes. Uh, and um, sometimes when Katie's like, I'm leaving Twitter. <laughs> Our guest today, <laughs> Courtney Howard's like, I'm going to pour napalm on this thing and let's just watch the world burn. So it is a pleasure to talk to her. Courtney, welcome to Miami Nice. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Blake. Like, you're great. Katie's awesome. Like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe you asked me to be on the show. Like, I'm so excited. Stop that. Stop. You, were, you, you had faith long overdue, in, yeah, long, long overdue, overdue meeting of the minds here. Well, yeah, long overdue. You had faith in one heat minute when I, I I literally thought that I was the only person listening. So it's a pleasure to have you back. Um, so you were so kind uh, to Katie and I talking around. And I think by the time that people are listening to this, we've already had the sold out Miami Vice screening as part of the American Cinematheque's Friends um, of the Fest podcast festival. But you were so kind that you were like, first person, I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going along. And then that brought back into my sharp focus, like such as having so many podcasts, but like, it's like, oh shit, why haven't we had Courtney on the show? Like we love the ladies who love Miami Vice. And so I guess right from the get go, Miami Vice, tell us why Miami Vice 2006 is something that you were so keen to see and proud to share that you're going to see. And has that always been the case? Yeah, I mean, all great questions. So I'm a child of the 80s. 
Um, I grew up watching the show, like it was always on in the background. I wasn't like religiously, you know, watching Don Johnson every week or anything, but I watched the show a lot um, and I liked it. And so uh, when the movie came out, you know, 22 years later or whatever it was, um, I was excited to see it. And it's such a tone, like it's such a different sort of beast than the show like you guys obviously know I don't I feel like I'm sort of treading over things you've talked about before but it's such a like a different sort of vibe from it but it all sort of tells this story of a changing Miami and a Miami in flux even though the crime has always been there so I think it's really interesting in that regard and I thought it was just so different to just visually that Michael Mann is mixing up uh, film and digital and what a difference, like he's sort of pushing the medium in different ways aesthetically. Um, and so I found that to be really interesting. And so my first watch of it was in the theaters. I think I bl believe I saw it opening weekend. Uh, and at first I was like, I don't know about this because I was so used to movies that had beginning and like middle and like definitive things and this one sort of drops you into a crime already happening and a sting already happening and drops you into the melee and you have to catch up with it and the end is really like it still is open for other avenues and it's not ambiguous per se but it's still open and not quite as definitive i mean I don't know, maybe that's debatable with you guys if it's definitive or not the ending, but it was just such a different like narrative structure than I was used to. And so I was like, I don't really know about this. But then over the years, when it started airing on cable, it was like, drop the remote, sit there, watch it. Like wherever you were, like in the movie, wherever you would come in, like on HBO, you just drop the remote and start watching. And I feel like it's the case with a lot of Michael Mann movies, yeah. uh, especially Heat, like, and Collateral too. Like you just drop the remote and you just start watching. There's something about this criminal underworld and this underbelly and how he captures it. And uh, it's just sort of compelling and captivating. And so over the years, I sort of grew to love it even more. So like, I think last month, I watched both the theatrical and the director's cut, like back to back. Uh, and then <laughs> today, just to refresh myself, I was like, I'm going to just put it on again. And I did. And it was like, this is just such a breezy, like nice movie. I love it. Like it's so great. <laughs> so that's sort of my relationship with this. But I always find something interesting in it each time, you know, you watch it. And this time for me, it was like, what... I'm curious to find out from you guys what you think um, compelled Michael Mann to return to a TV show that he produced and make it into something more cinematic. Um, what do you guys think, like, I don't know, what was his impetus? What was his, like, mindset? I'm sure he's talked about it. Maybe you guys have researched it. You know, it's so... Um... Just this is not necessarily an answer to your question, but as you were talking about the show, being a fan of the show, or at least watching it, and then the movie coming out and how it reflects a changing Miami. Like, I feel like the past couple episodes, we've been talking to people who were fans of the show and maybe didn't, like, couldn't get into the movie because it is such a break. Yes. With the... um 
it's such a, a harsh break from the aesthetic of the show. And now all I can think about is like another Miami Vice sequel. <laughs> I'm like, I need it bad. I need it so badly because we could have crusty old Sonny coming back, Colin, and you're dealing with the changing Florida gender politics, right wing fascism, mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis, uh, climate change, fentanyl. Like it's such a rich text. Florida is such a rich text. <laughs> um, and I just think I really need to see Sonny kind of mixed up in there and see what he's up to these days. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I feel like every twenty years we should get some <laughs> version of a Miami Vice so that I we like can it. kind of grapple with the changing Miami. Uh, yes, I love that. I love that Florida seems to be like a great nexus point for the changing perspective of America because it does feel like when we're in Australia, it's always like Wild West. And I don't know when I was young and I, I was young. It was like oh, the Wild West. You know, it's always like cowboy movies. The Wild West. You know, it's and then. But there was a very distinct moment. I want to say it was like 20 years ago. It was probably around the time of Miami Vice coming out. I was like, oh, Florida? Damn. <laughs> like, there's America and then there's Florida. Then there's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's... Yeah. It's so funny that that's the case. But the first thing I think of, Katie, when you said, oh, we've got to see Sonny back there is... Just that beautiful press conference where the really sweet and innocent junket interviewer asks Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx straight to their face, like, would you guys come back for a sequel? And they look at each other and the Academy Award winning acting of both of them going, yeah, we loved working together. We can't wait to do another one of these. And I'm like, they should have gotten Oscars for that answer because underneath that was six months of probably blinding, like blackout drunkness and ego and set fights and all of the other things that are happening um there listen but they don't have to be partners anymore <laughs> they there could have been a riff oh, you know they could they could be working on their own i just think there's so much going on but you know what's actually really interesting about florida because i was talking to a, a florida a miami-based uh npr journalist and sort of this idea of florida man where we're always seeing mm. these news reports that are like florida man shoots alligator naked in his front yard or something great Instagram, like <laughs> great Instagram content. That's hashtag Florida man. There is a reason why we get so many Florida man headlines and it's because they, they have something in the state called sunshine laws, which is where all like records are public. So people can just like look at, I have to look into it. Like, let me double check this, but it's, it provides a right of access to governmental proceedings at both the state and local levels. So there's just more access to weird shit that happens in Florida. <laughs> um, doesn't we, fly like, under the radar. It doesn't fly yeah, it under doesn't the fly radar. Under, it's all out in the open, like the bath salts, the crazy stuff that people do there. But I do think that it is a particularly sort of like heady place in terms of it's very international. There's a lot of people coming in and out. Like obviously the government there is crazy. Um, and, but yeah, there's just something about it that's very, um, heady and uh a, a nexus of a lot of things going on and to answer your question more directly courtney because mm -hmm. i think it actually feeds into what katie's talking about so we so much started with miami vice 
as a movie that Katie and I both deeply loved and exactly as you were talking about, found a hell of a lot of comfort in. And I really do love a phenomena that like, it seems rare. It happens in my house because now my children know how to use my remote. I'm like, don't touch that remote or like, you know, whatever that whole thing. Or um, if you had, if you're like, if you had a boomer parent, which most of us do, if you had a boomer parent and the cable or more channels came um every boomer parent liked navigating 40 freaking channels on a television through cable and you're like just leave it alone like don't touch it um and so it gave me those feelings but i think of this as michael mann does ali like he he, he bounces out of the insider his biggest uh his biggest critically lauded film huge awards presence box office great goes into Ali and that was like a passion project because you know as a Chicagoan he had such a relationship with Muhammad Ali for his entire life he was so passionate about bringing him to the screen collaborating making that happen that's another sort of awards-ish movie and there's a little gap and he bounces into collateral and I think what we're looking at so much now is Michael Mann had had a Miami Vice thing in the shelves of forward pass offices for probably decades, like versions of that multiple times, but it's it's actually what collateral unlocks in the in the changing landscape of Miami at night and Miami being at a nexus point in the early two thousands and the amount of money that's getting kicked around in the streets. That's that I think all of those are like motivational factors because we've kind of touched on it with a few of our past guests that Mam was going to do it and he was uncompromising about wanting to do it. And I think it was just like time, like the industry was making those Starsky and Hutch things and they were making Charlie's Angels and you've got all those other things that are happening and you've got Michael Mann excited where the form of like, I have all these digital cameras, I can shoot in high definition, I can take it into a nighttime in a trailer park and shoot like one of the most dynamic and cool and stealthy, awesome action scenes. I can, you know, strap things to the bottom of planes. I can shoot into the clouds. I can strap it onto a go fast boat. It's like, technology form and like an industry demand and Miami in a point of change, I think feels like the confluence of all those four events. And if Michael Mann were to ever want to come onto this show, which one day Katie, he may, um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I would love to get unhinged with Michael Mann and yourself on a podcast. Oh my God, that would be a dream. But um, it would, I think that, um, I think that it's those confluence of kind of events that we've heard from on the ground from some of his assistants and people that have worked really closely with him and just what was happening in the industry. It was like at that time, they're like, does anyone have a TV remake? Cause they're all hugely successful. And I imagine the studio would have been bashing down his door going, surely Miami vice is time now. Like Charlie's angels just made $150 million and all this stuff. So they're expecting Michael Mann to come out and make this, you know, heat, but in Miami. And he was kind of like, nah, it's not what I'm doing, but I'll do whatever I want. We'll be right back after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
like, and he still sort of retains this, like, I mean, credit to him, whether he realizes it or not, it still feeds into the same sort of like pathos of the show. You have these, you know, the loyalty between these two partners and it still fits in with Michael Mann's like, you know, overarching themes in his movies with uh, how men and women relate to each other and how they're tender with their women at home. And, uh, you know, they really care for their ladies. And uh, it's just, it's really lovely in that regard. And he still sort of keeps this sort of gritty, there's a gritty aesthetic still like, the show is a lot like brighter and more like very much 80s sensibilities and stuff but it has this grit underneath and i think he brought that grit out even more for the film um and i know like just looking up just wikipedia um was he sort of considers this the one that got away so i'm curious if he would return to it like in 2028 like after heat 2 is done or whatever whenever um to sort of make the miami vice of his dreams because this one was like I'm sure, again, you know, like it was besought by like hurricanes and script rewrites and like you said, egos and like all this other stuff. So without if he didn't have those factors to have to deal with and sort of, sort of all this changing sort of things that happen when you make a film, like I'm wondering if he had his like perfect construction, if he would like want to come back to it. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> My God. 2028 Miami Vice. Like, are you kidding? I need it bad. But we've told, uh, And we, if we can turn the conversation uh, around on this movie oh enough God. that people will just be like, yes, we will make another one. Then and you, Universal starts knocking on the forward pass doors. Um, there's a weird groundswell for a Miami Vice, too. Um, Listen, they keep putting out the damn thing on new formats and discs and yeah. Blu-rays and 4Ks. I mean, that shows that there's an appetite for this yeah, movie. Definitely. And you're so. selling out the screening, so <laughs> clearly, like that's all Katie Walsh. That's I'm, 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 <laughs> no, I, I, no, 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 I'm no, just, no, 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 no. Um, it's all me, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, no promises, fingers crossed. I just hope American Cinematheque gives us an encore at some point. A numb encore. A numb encore because uh, <laughs> I think that people would want to see it again or for the first time or whatever. I, th so. I think co co this is one thing that kind of Katie and I very particularly um, like harmonized on straight away when we read Heat 2 and we were both you know, good consumers of it. And Katie, I think read the book and then listened to the audio book, which was a great recommendation because the audio book is like a whole other, it's like a, it's like the movie trailer voice guy reading you a story. It's one of the coolest things of the time. It's so good. It's so good. Um, <laughs> huge recommend. But um, when we were looking into that and the structure of that book is it's happening over a few periods and Val Kilmer's character from the original heat, Krisha Hales has escaped LA and he goes down into South America. Thanks to John Voight's character, Nate to escape all of the, the heat of the first movie. And it's a Ciudad Este story. And that feels like if he's making heat two as a film, a long, huge epic, like that is going to scratch Michael Mann's itch. He wants to get an outsider into this nexus point between different countries that's going to be traveling 
into that kind of Florida Miami area and he's going to his commentary is going to shift and you could almost tell that that was the impulse of the movie it was like it was Miami like it's very Miami and we had a great guest Jason Fitzroy Jeffers who like talked about like Miami Vice the TV show is like the it's like that aspirational viewing that we now only do on Instagram right like you see someone wearing like these amazing designer clothes and driving Ferraris and however your algorithm works you're just like Jesus Christ people with money it looks fun you know and uh and that's what the show was and he's like about now when man came back it was like what Miami is and I feel like that's what Miami Vice the movie was and that's what he's that's the dialogue that's continuing and heat to the the novel and hopefully the film is that like he's shifting it to those nexus points where where all of these drugs and stuff that used to happen in Miami maybe it's a bit crazier maybe it's a bit harder to do it in the contemporary world to have these operations but all those ones that are just outside of america but close enough to feed the drug industry the crime industry they just they take a couple of steps out to another form of the wild west even though we agree that florida is its own wild place um i feel like that's going to give us it's going to scratch some of that itch and it's going to um it's probably going to make us even more desperate for another miami vice that's never going to happen but but yeah it feels like that that's don't the time. say that <laughs> I, you know, it just, it's sad. You know, the the one thing that I feel is like, because there's whispers, another Titanic American filmmaker, someone we mentioned on the show occasionally, Marty Scorsese, there's whispers I'm hearing that he's like, this is my last movie. Like his, his next one is his last. And he's been saying, like, I'm getting too old. I don't have the energy anymore. And Michael Mann is not that he's he's eight like he's nearly eighty like yeah 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 and uh, that's the fear I, I I start going oh man if he could please finish Ferrari we know it's finished we've heard that it's great um, very excited to see it but then the the next step is like oh for the love of God please finish this we strike so he can too. make to heat too and if that's the last thing he ever makes that's okay with us no. you know <laughs> that's okay yeah. with us please please do that first. I don't care if a Michael Mann, like, acolyte or, like, um, one of his, you know, Protégé. people, protégés, yeah. like, makes Miami Vice. Yeah. <laughs> he could do that. I mean, that's that's easily, he could definitely sort of farm it out and just produce, you know. Not more... Peter Berg. Oh, Not no. Peter Berg. Soz Pete. Why did you say Peter Berg? Because because he's produced stuff for Peter Berg before. Like okay. he, did, he did Kingdom with Jamie Foxx. He did um... um I Berg Berg collabs are my secret shame. I can't believe I just said that on this podcast. <laughs> Peter Berg, Berg and Mark Wahlberg. Berg Berg, <laughs> Berg collabs. I love him. Uh, Deepwater Horizon goes hard. Okay. Yeah, it goes hard. It's no good one movie. can yeah, tell me any different. Yeah. Um but I, I need to stop talking right now. <laughs> um, what about the guy Joseph Kubota Vladikla from Tokyo Vice? Yeah, totally. Rip, he can, yeah. yeah, he could do it. Anyway, I. Um, you know what I want though? What? I want like I want a. I want an exciting, young filmmaker of color, to go to Miami, and 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 if they were going to do it again, I'm like, you know what? With if you. Because we love Tokyo Vice. Have you seen Tokyo Vice, Courtney? Yeah, yeah. it's great. I really like. I really enjoyed it. Good, good. I good. almost think it's time. If you are ever going to go back to Miami, I almost think like 
in a HBO kind of way. Like, wouldn't it be great if HBO could get a TV rights, you know, to like mm. make like a yeah. like an ongoing mini series, like True Detective kind of anthology style series, and get a couple of like. I want to get some people who like escaped Florida and just can't wait to go back and make stuff in Florida with a budget and with a Michael man overseeing as he did in the TV series, like having such a huge fingerprints, almost like puppeteer, invisible puppeteer hands of how people should, should approach it. I would love to see that like next, uh, you know, knowing that we may not get a movie. I think that that's, you know, I I think we're ready. Um, We're ready for hot take. I could literally fantasy cast the like mini series directors yeah. like right now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins number 1, 100%. Yes. Barry Jenkins, I'm going to throw our boy Jason Fitzroy Jeffers, Miami yeah. native in there. Um also hot take, I'm going to throw in the director of Blue Beetle, Angel Manuel Soto. He's a Puerto Rican uh, Boricua fellow, you know, uh, I'm from the Virgin Islands, so I feel affinity with Puerto Ricans, but um, I think he could be really interesting. And I like Blue Beetle. I'm throwing in an Italian director who has made unbelievable TV. He's a phenomenal action director. His name's Stefano Salima. He directed oh, yeah. most famously Sicario Day of the Soldado. He made he was a director like of that. Without Remorse um, with Michael B. Jordan, which I, I really enjoyed. But the big one is that he direct, was the director of the G- Gamora TV series, mm-hmm. which is based mm-hmm. off of the incredible contemporary mafia movie. I'm like, if you're making that movie, if it's Amazon that gives them, you know, feels like Amazon just go, what's your budget? And they're like, oh, 200 million. They're like, okay, here's, here's a billion. And people go away and make shit. It's like I um, don't think that's happening anymore. No, not, not anymore. But um, but you know, not it, post Rings of Power or whatever that show was. That's like, not happening ever again. I I I walked out of there was an Austra- in Australia, and I really like when they do this. When occasionally you get to see like the the some sort of cinematic TV series that they show on the big screen, and they showed Rings of Power here in Australia as like a like a a film premiere that we would all attend right a media premiere and i went along and at the end of it it just felt like everyone felt dirty and like <laughs> gross and everyone was just like they're like oh so you're gonna watch it when it drops and everyone was like i, I was particularly like i'll never i'll never watch it again i don't care what happens <laughs> I-, I don't care that that was so bad I- i'm like and they're like but what about other-? i go don't care Am I going to go home and watch the Lord of the Rings that Peter Jackson made? Yeah, right. Fifty more times, Courtney. Who are you going to fantasy cast for Miami Vice, the miniseries? The directors. We're not casting any actors. Cast, cast. Um, well, I would go with your. I was going to say the Blue Beetle director because he did such a great job building. Excited to see that one. Excited to see it. It's not out. It's it's coming out in Australia in for a few weeks, so I'm excited. Pretty damn charming, and he gets a lot of like. It felt like it had a Miami flavor, even though oh, it's Palmyra City or whatever. It's absolutely like Gotham City, Miami. You yeah. know, like it's yeah. it's the the fake Miami. But yeah, he got it really right. I think he understands the culture. Yeah, and I would say like it would be interesting to see like maybe I don't know Karen Kusama or something. Oh, yeah, throw oh, her hat in there. To your lip, to from your lips part. to God's ears, Karen Kusama yeah. episode. One Karen Kusama Trudy focused episode. 
But oh. also, like, I, I mean, um, yeah, she does crime dramas really well. Mm -hmm. That yeah. Nicole Kidman destroyer, destroyer. Yeah. You know, like I'm, she's a yeah. She's into that gritty, you know, corrupt cop like underbelly kind of thing. I feel like she could nail that. I think that's a great choice. And, and shout out to Jim Panola, um, who's another great podcaster who did a show called An Invitation to the Invitation, which unpacks Karen Kusama's The Invitation movie. And The Invitation is like what Jaws did for the ocean, uh, The Invitation does for dinner parties. Um, <laughs> and so I think that she's got it. She's got it in spades. Yeah, Karen Kusama, yeah. that's a, that's a, there's a great line. Da, 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 just, yeah, let's have that. There's another gal who does TV action so well. She did a lot of Breaking Bad. Uh, Michelle McLaren, yeah. yeah. She did a lot of Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah, yeah. She does. I think she does a lot of TV. Yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. Um, so those would be my picks. Nice. Yeah. 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 Can we get a meeting with HBO? I know. I love how we're just like, <laughs> are we podcasting or like developing a TV series? Because listen, think... if Michael Mann wants to listen to this and just take down the notes and be like, done. Like, let's do it. That has been another episode of Miami Nice with myself, Blake Howard, and my awesome co-host, Katie Walsh, and our very, very special guest, Courtney Howard. We have more with Courtney coming up in about a week's time. Until then, though, check out everything else that we're doing on oneheatminute.com. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show. It really helps. And if you want even more stuff from One Heat Minute, other than the bevy of shows that are in our main feed, jump onto our Patreon and check it out. For as little as a dollar a month, you get our bonus Decade Project shows when they drop. You get bonus video podcasts of our new show, One Hot Take. So much to offer and access to our full community in Discord. Check that out and uh, we'll talk to you on another episode of Miami Nice soon.